1: In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the
2: air on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: What do we think of the word bimbo? B-I-M-B-O. Is that, uh, well, I know it's not politically correct. Did you know it applies to uh, men and women, actually, the the origin of the word? Uh, Let me see here. Uh, It refers to uh, a conventionally attractive, naive, unintelligent person. Person. Uh, And let's see. Also, uh, in the 1940s, bimbo was still being used to refer to both men and women. Blah, 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 blah. Bimbo's here. Bimbo's everywhere. The term died out again for much of the 20th century until it became popular in the 1980s and 90s. With political sex scandals, as bimbo began to be used increasingly for females, exclusively male variations of the word began to surface, like mimbo and himbo. Hmm. Uh, refers to an unintelligent but attractive man. I just want to see... I'm, I'm, I'm doing this research to see if I can call Kathy Hochul a bimbo safely. And... Uh, Probably not. I withdraw the word. I withdraw the word. We got to come up with another word for her, though. As she is dangerously in over her head and drunk with power. Now, she's already hooked up her husband here, there, and everywhere. That silly stadium deal. It's unbelievable that a real statesman like Lee Zeldin you know, went down to this hack. Truly a hack. Selected, never forget, selected by Andrew Cuomo because she was of limited ability and she could be manipulated. Remember that. Now she has real power and listen to what she's doing with it. It's shocking. You, you think this is within the scope of, uh, what do they do? What do governors really do? State parks and the highways, right? Stay the hell out of this stuff.
3: Today I'm directing the director of Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services to develop media literacy tools for K through twelve in our public schools. This will teach students and even teachers to help understand how to spot conspiracy theories and misinformation, disinformation, and online hate. Start talking about what we're seeing out there. Give the teachers the tools they need to help these conversations in school. And by teaching younger New Yorkers about how to discern between digital fact and digital fiction, we can better inoculate them from hatred and the spread of it and help prepare them for a very fast-moving and often confusing
1: world. Digital fact and digital fiction. And the state is going to help us figure that out? The state of New York, right? We have kids, gradu- we have ki- we have the most abominably pathetic uh, school system in the world in New York City. And they're talking about digital truth, digital fiction, uh, tamping doubt, conspiracy theories. Hey, how about this? Why don't you just make, make it so that the teachers aren't hooking up with students anymore? Why don't you worry about that stuff? We already have laws against that, but it's happening all over the place. You see what they do? coming up with more crap so they can come out and have a press conference. She get her hair done. Ugh, it's disgusting. It is so far outside what we have government for. And you can look it up. The state of you know, the constitution, uh, we have a, a national one and we have one in New York state. It's incredibly limited actually what the government is here for. And to be going there Going there and going trans and going LGBT queer and all of this stuff. Nothing, nothing to do with. And this is an encroachment upon our civil liberties. It really is. It's dangerous. And they're getting people used to it. And they're, they're winning right now. You know, conservative media is fantastic. It really is. But it's niche. It's so niche. And the truth shouldn't be niche. But right now it is. You know that uh, Joe Rogan guy has amazing podcasts with amazing people, but the truth is not determined by him, unfortunately, or the truth that people live with. That's the that's the what they call legacy media: the New York Times, Channel Seven, Channel Four, Channel Two, all of them, and everything that goes along with it, and the Washington Post, and and even Fox News. You can't count on Fox News for anything anymore. Uh, they are so corporatized and leverage all that stuff they, they they're afraid of their own shadow over there um the truth the truth oh i have to mention this again i saw an amazing film and we have to do something we have to the truth has got to go mainstream it has to go mainstream the fall of minneapolis go to the fall of a new documentary about uh, i i saw it last night actually after the show you can see it for free if you go to thefallofminneapolis.com, watch it on Rumble. It's an hour and 40 minutes, and it tells the truth of the George Floyd fiasco. They smeared cops. They destroyed their lives. Literally, Officer Chauvin, Kung, Tao, Lane, uh, They Chauvin could be in jail for the next 20 years. He literally didn't do anything wrong. After that documentary, you'll know what I'm talking, you'll see it. So I've been pointing some of this out for a long time, especially the um, maneuver. I think they call it the Maximum Restraint Technique, MRT. I found the Minneapolis Training Handbook. It actually authorizes an officer to place the knee on the neck. Strangely enough, but it's right there. But it, it goes on. You can also put it on the shoulder. And something I did not see, there are sketches and photographs in this training manual. And you know what they look like? They look exactly like Chauvin and King uh, on the ground, George Floyd on the ground. Exactly. It's the same maneuver. The same exact, and that maneuver did not kill him. That is a lie. It is a total and complete lie. He had something like 11 times the amount of fentanyl in his body that could kill a normal person. 11 times that amount. If they found him dead at home, they would have said, okay, this guy OD'd, period. There, were, there was no, absolutely no evidence of asphyxiation, none. You know, feel your throat. You got all kinds of cartilage and bones and the trachea, right? You got all that stuff. Imagine, like, really coming down hard on that. I'm feeling mine right now. You would, you could tear it apart. You could bruise it. You could do all kinds of things. There was no damage. You can feel it. Just put a little bit of pressure on your neck, right? It starts to, you feel it right away. You feel it. So you could understand, if somebody applied a lot of pressure there, it would leave a mark. And there was no mark, internally or externally. And the chief of police up there, a guy named Arando, lied about it. He lied. He lied on the stand, and now he's caught. He said he had never heard of the maximum restraint technique. Well, it's right there in the book, right there in the handbook. I pointed out the text, but until last night when I saw Minneapolis training officers doing that, doing exactly what Chauvin was doing with George Floyd, and then if you want to say, well, then the technique was all screwed up. Well, it may have been optically bad. I don't know enough about the technique, Uh but I did see now everything. I saw the body camera from all officers, the body cam footage, including Chauvin's, where it shows the knee is on the shoulder, not on the neck. It's absolutely incredible. The judge would not allow any of this information into the court, into the case. Judge Cahill, the whole damn thing is corrupt and a lie. And we rearrange society based on a lie, just like Joe Biden's entire presidency is based on a lie. The Charlottesville lie. There are good people on both sides. There are good people on both sides of the Charlottesville thing, by the way. Like good people who actually believe well, that Donald Trump said that, uh, the good people on both sides meant that he was talking about neo Nazis and skinheads. He explicitly said he wasn't referring to those people. Well, that's bad enough. I mean, he was supporting people who supported that, uh, that Confederate statue. Well, yeah, he was actually. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can be a good person. And believe that those monuments should be preserved. That is a mainstream idea. It is not racist. It is not extreme. It is not far right. You can ha- hold that opinion, and you can hold it publicly. You can also believe that these statues are offensive, and calls to mind and conjures our the the slavery which in our history which is ugly and wrong. That's a valid opinion. Totally. If you talk to me long enough, I might agree with you that we can have that discussion, don't you think? And I think there are good people on both sides, good people, not the neo-Nazis and skinheads. And Trump said it out loud. Those people should be condemned totally. Now, Joe Biden lied to the American people for the billionth time when he misled everybody about that statement in his presidential kickoff. In his presidential kickoff he looks in the eyes of the American people and says that at that moment he realized that Donald Trump was a mortal threat to America as we know it. Uh, it really bothers me. It really bo- No, so all that to mean, we don't have our own major mechanism of the truth. We got a bunch of very interesting people with interesting podcasts and ideas and thoughts, but and they're generally going in the same direction. But we don't have the machinery of the left. Right now, 90%, 90% uh, of people still get their news from mainstream media sources. And the mainstream media, so-called mainstream media, they are totally committed to deception. Uh, And if you just sit back, they're going to – the greatest example is the Mueller report. Mueller report comes out on a freaking – on a Friday. I read the whole thing, whatever. Anyway, but. 1,000 stories were written about the Mueller investigation and the Mueller report. Now, the Durham report comes around and blows the Mueller report right out of the water. Conservative media, right? This is the time for them to write a 1,000 stories. They wrote seven. A grand total of seven stories about the Durham report that actually put the truth out about Robert Mueller and the lying FBI. Seven stories. We don't have the mechanism to go bananas, right? We're... You know We're, cons- we're not going to overdo it. We're going to report it, and then we're going to move on to the next interesting thing. Too often, conservative media let the left set the agenda, and then we bitch and moan about it. One of my favorite broadcasters in the world, actually, conservative, the night that that Durham report came down, the very first words out of his mouth, he was upset that the Washington Post wasn't covering it. Well, what about us covering it first? What about us going nuts? What about us coming up with sidebar after sidebar after sidebar and story after story after story? That's how you move the needle. And I've got to look at myself on this one because, yes, I reported in 2020 that there was enough fentanyl in uh, George Floyd to kill him. Uh, I reported in 2020 that half the cops involved were of uh, people of color. That undermines the whole race narrative. I reported in 2021 about the maximum restraint technique. But that's it. I reported it, then I moved on, and I gave myself credit. I still give myself credit. But where is the where is the where is the machinery to get that story going? Well, you could say social media. You know, social media is stacked against us. It's totally stacked. Oop, I'm out of time. Forgive me. I'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS?
2: NYC uh, Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Hey, this is a pretty good moment. Uh buddy of mine, James Rosen, one of the smartest White House correspondents uh, ever, uh, all-around expert, Staten Island guy, by the way. And uh, what else about him? He's in Watergate experts, written a bunch of books, a new book about Scalia. Anyway, uh, for a bunch of political reasons, uh, like office politics reasons, he doesn't get called on very much at the White House uh, briefing room uh, by Corrine Jean-Pierre because they're, well, they're afraid of him because he's super smart. And, um, well, he's uh, he's definitely not a Biden cheerleader. No reporter is supposed to be a cheerleader, right? Anyway, uh, let's listen to how this exchange went down. Uh, it has a good question, but... Uh, Go ahead and hit it, please. I believe this is the abbreviated version. We'll try to find the longer one, but
2: go. The polls that show that the electorate at large and also uh, significant majorities within the Democratic Party believe uh, that the president is too old. The polls that show the American people and also significant majorities within the Democratic Party don't want him to run again. And the polls that show his handling of the economy, foreign policy, all of these dismal polls, his job approval ratings, um, does the White House have any basis to challenge the accuracy of that polling? I'm
3: never. never. We never cha- i not challenging the accuracy here. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying to you is that, um, you know, we're not going to change the minds of Americans. I get that. Americans are going to feel how they feel, and we're going to respect that. And I've said that many times from here, many times. I said that moments ago. What I can tell you is what our perspective is. What I can tell you is how we see things.
1: Okay, well, um, that's one of the most ludicrously stupid answers ever given in the history of uh history. <laughs> How can you... that's our entire job is to like try to get their version of facts out there and to change minds that's uh that's really something. I don't think he was trying to do that uh James. I mean man, oh man, oh man. And it's interesting. This should be one of the biggest stories in the world right now. Uh, You know, White House gives up. (laughs) And all they do is quarrel with polls. And she says, I'm not quarreling with polls. Man, KJP, it's a little bit pathetic, to be honest. It's it's pathetic. And you know why? Because identity politics, identity politics stink. When you go woke, you get demented. For whatever reason, somebody said we have to have a, uh, a black woman. It's a black woman's turn. So what happens then? When you make it all about gender and race, you, you'll, you don't look at anything else. You find who's, who's, who's closest by who's black and, 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 and a woman. And better yet, a lesbian too. And you grab them and you put them in that big spot and they fail. If you're a bit more deliberative, right? And you're not trying to impress anybody, you're just fine trying to find the best person in the world to do that job, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many people (laughs) are worthy of consideration. And some of them might even be black women and lesbians. You know, Um, it's such a disservice. Anyway, that's how I feel. Let's get the longer version. And uh, oh, we do. All right. We'll do that in a little bit. And the other thing that I needed to tell everybody is that Sonny Hostin from The View is criminally insane. Cut 15.
3: He is the incumbent, and um, I think he has a record that he can stand on and be proud of, President Biden. He has really returned the soul in many respects to this country, which was his promise. So I believe he kept that promise. Mm-hmm. One thing that I am slightly concerned about is we know that no nominee, Democratic nominee, can win without the black vote. That's that's a stat, and that's been for decades. And I do wonder, because voting rights are still under attack, yeah. because um, of student loan debt, because of the HBCU gap in, in tuition, uh, the, the lack of funding, because of uh, no police reform or real police oh, reform. Oh, my goodness gracious. You
1: see? Like- you see? You see? Uh Another one who pretends she's standing up for other people who happen to be black, but she's really just standing up for herself, using race as a weapon for her own benefit. Uh. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
4: I hereby pardon liberty and Bell. All right. Congratulations, birds.
1: <laughs> All right. That was the high moment of the pardoning ceremony for the turkeys at the White House. And this is probably the low moment. Taylor Swift, uh, I, I I I can't stand Taylor Swift, but even I know, I don't follow her, but I, even I know she's in Brazil and the concert got really hot and uh, somebody died and, and she's down there, right? And uh, Joe, however, doesn't know that. Cut 13.
4: Now, just to get here, Liberty and Bell had to beat some tough odds in competition. They had to work hard to show patience and be willing to travel over a thousand miles. You could say even this harder than getting a, a ticket to the Renaissance tour or, 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 or tour. She's down in, it's kind of warm in Brazil right now.
1: Cracking a joke about the warmth in Brazil and it's Britney Spears who's not in Brazil and Taylor Swift is down there. It's kind of warm in Brazil. People are dropping dead. They got a heat wave there like they've never seen. Just all around inappropriate. Just all around. You know what? Like you, me, him, that guy, uh, looking at a bus driver, him. We all know how to behave better than Joe Biden does in a, in a, in a room full of people. We know how to do it better than he does. And um, the bar is very, very low. It doesn't make up. But, you know, anybody can do the job better. Anybody can do the job better. The other thing is, uh, you know, gaps are sometimes fun to uh, laugh at and all that stuff. But there can be big consequences to these very frequent um, uh, missteps, missteps. I mean, just blurting out stuff that is against American policy, that undermines American policy. Uh, There are about at least a dozen times, where Joe put us at risk and remade. No, Trump did the same thing. Well, actually, it emanates. Policy emanates from the president. But Joe wasn't, like, remaking policy. He was just misstating something. He was revealing his combination, ignorance combination, um, just tongue-tied and overall weirdness. Let's see here. Off the Uh, Politico even points out five times Biden off the cup remarks have landed him in diplomatic hot water, uh, calling the Chinese leader a dictator. That happened just last week. Uh, Oh, when he pledged to defend Taiwan, he said, would, would you would you support to defend Taiwan? Absolutely. Yes. Well, that's not actually our policy. We don't say that out loud. When Biden says that Putin cannot remain in power, that's another thing that he did that's wrong. And he apparently in the middle of a speech, he just said, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Putin cannot remain in power. Well, you make peace with your enemies. And now we put Putin up against the wall. He'll fight to you know, his whole country, you know, down the drain. He doesn't want to be tried as a war criminal. Biden claimed the British are screwing around in Northern Ireland. That had to be made up, but that, that, that stuff ended a long time ago. Biden slammed Saudi crown prince for murder of Jamal Khashoggi. It's one thing to talk tough, but another thing, and, and three months later, we had to go ask that guy for oil. It's a very, very, man, and remember, these are mistakes, whereas Trump, yes, he would say some pretty bold things, but they were deliberate. He did. They, they never had to walk it back, and even when they did walk it back, they were walking it back at their old barrel, because that's the way the president really, really felt. That's what he wanted. The president runs the show, except this president um Sandra, hello hey hi
5: greg hi um t- i wanted to
1: say two things one about understanding just say it wanted- uh Sandra, listen you're a frequent caller all right i it's a pet peeve of mine when people announce that they're going to say two things or three things or one thing just say it you ever notice I how i start to- my show my tv show i just start talking I don't say, good evening, this is Greg Kelly. Tonight I will, you know what I mean, I just, bam, launch right into it. So just launch right, you can say, hi, Greg, that's nice, but don't tell me, please, about the two things. Please,
5: please. Okay, okay. so the U.S. outlets have sparked outrage over relying on journalists who have expressed anti-Semitic sentiments in the past. Now, for instance, there's a woman in, in Jerusalem, she's a Yeah, I know all about that. What about it? Well, so she's one, and here's another example.
1: They already fired fired her. And, by the way, she's from over there. I mean, you know, it's not like she worked – it's not like a mainstream reporter here in America. But I think they're ridiculously over-the-top anti-Semitic as a group.
2: What else? And
5: and also, you know, there's another person who was – Hired at um, the New York Times, he praised Hitler in the past, and now they hired him to cover the Israeli Hamas war. So my point being, why do they want to continue to hire people like this instead of neutral people? Let I mean, me think
1: about this. Crazy. Let me think. Let's see. because the establishment is anti-Semitic, and right. they—I okay. mean, you know the answer to this. Hey, what's the guy who was praising Hitler at the New York Times? Are you sure about that one? What's his name?
5: I have to look it up in my. Ah, uh, come I on. Sure that I
1: that- don't like it when you don't know that stuff off the top of your head. You call the radio station to badmouth the guy. You got to know the facts. I
5: will get that. Ah, uh, come on, Sandra. I don't notes. want
1: you to be like the fake news, all right? You're very well studied here. You can't just whip it out and say that he praised Hitler without not knowing a little bit more. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I say. I. Yeah, anyway, what is the other thing? You said two things.
5: Oh, Oh, yeah, Ron DeSantis, last night I, I thought as well as you that he did very well. But you know what I was distracted by? And I'm not a shallow person, but I kept looking at his boots and his trousers. It was like his trousers were too short in that sitting position. I I was distracted by that. I, I believe he dressed with success. I was looking at Eric Boiling. His His jacket was opened. His was closed. The boots were so big, the trousers were too short. I was distracted by that, but I know that's a shallow thing to say, but you do it sometimes, so I felt it's okay for me to say it. It's, it's
1: fine to say. It's fine to say. Regarding the coat, uh, it's okay to keep your coat closed. It's okay to keep your coat open. Some people say it's a rule that you must unbutton your coat when you sit down. That's not true. It's not true. There's only one rule in fashion. There are no rules. Remember that. Donald Trump, for instance, keeps his button closed when he's sitting. Often he'll, but he'll keep it closed when he, I, I've seen him do that. Of course, he famously walks around with it open as well. And the other thing, yeah, I agree with you. The cowboy boots, not so much. You know what I mean? Let's face it. They've been making fun of his cowboy boots. They're attracting attention on their own. So I don't know how much of that, cause they're dark boots. I don't know how much of that is, um, you know, it has been suggested to you. It's been suggested to me to look at his boots and see how high the heels are. Because let's face it, you know, they've been going after him about that. So I don't know if it was really, you know, would you have been distracted had you not heard about the boots? I don't know. I, I can't even say that for myself. I don't know. I don't know if I really would have noticed them. But he was wearing those cowboy boots. And you know what? I will say this about those cowboy boots. Um, it does kind of solve the issue with socks, you know, I don't like my, you know, otherwise, what would we have been looking at? His socks, you know, socks and my socks. I don't know where the hell uh, my wife buys my socks. She gets the socks and they're great for about a month and then they lose their elasticity. There is some sock company out there that says a man should think about his socks twice a day when he puts them on and when he takes them off and never again. Unfortunately for me, when they lose the elasticity, you know, I can always feel the truth, and not only that. Quite frankly, my underwear loses the elasticity, and it's a very strange feeling when those things start to, you know, drag and you know, just ooh, elasticity. I think she's gone el cheapo when it comes to the socks and the underwear. She's not. You know, she's very frugal, in a good way, but I think this might be in a bad way. Sandra, thank you, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Pick What is another kind of cookie you'd want to be?
5: I want you to be a blueberry cookie chocolate and I'll be a, a, a strawberry cookie chocolate chip.
1: Okay, what do we do as cookies?
5: We just jump up and down.
1: We jump up and down as cookies? Yeah. When's the last time you saw a cookie jump up and down
5: like
1: this? No, this is me, my my baby. All right, what else do you want to be besides cookies? No, I
5: want draw a cookie.
1: Draw a, let's cookie. draw a cookie. I didn't honey. want to. Draw. I have to get to the office. Do you know what I have to, to do? I have to go to the office.
5: No, I want to draw a cookie. No, 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 I want to
1: draw a
5: cookie.
1: All right, we'll draw one cookie.
5: Okay, I, I. I Strawberry chocolate chip cookie. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Is that your favorite?
5: Yeah. All that's right, right
1: When's Father's Day? I think I'm the father of the year. I can't wait. When is Father's Day? June sometime, right? All right. I deserve it. No, it's amazing. Man, I just to see this little girl, she's three, and the fact that, you know, her vocabulary is exploding, and she's coming up with really interesting insights, and just, uh, the other day she used the word fragile. Be careful with that. It's fragile. Like, what did you say? Where are they learning this stuff? It's really, really great. Uh, the one year old, she'll be two in a week. And that's, uh, that's very, very beautiful as well. Hey, Diego, who is this guy from Argentina who is now the new leader? And, uh, he's like straight out of MAGA. He's like, he's like, make Argentina great again. Um, What's his name? I like his style. He's saying, like, get rid of all these. Who? Javier Milley. I think that's how you pronounce it. Javier Milley. Well, I, he's been going viral. Even though it's all in Spanish, uh, it's still going viral. And, uh, you have that viral video yet? All right. Let's hear this and little, tell us a little bit what's going on here. Hmm? He's, uh. Ministerio de Turismo
5: y Deporte. Afuera. Ministerio de Cultura. Afuera. Ministerio de Ambiente y Desarrollo Sostenible. He's basically going to cut all social programs.
2: Like social program number one, out. Social program number two, out. He's, it's a big board. Yeah, And uh, he has all these, uh, all these uh, programs lined up and he said we're going to.
1: Yeah, but these social programs are like really the silly ones. Yeah. It's transgender this, it's the Ministry of Culture, it's the you know, stay the hell out of it. You know, people work work hard for their money. They should be trusted with it. It shouldn't be half your paycheck going to uh to fund the Ministry of Culture, or quite frankly, uh the National Endowment of the Arts for that matter. A bunch of woke snobs sitting around a table who are friends of Joe Biden making decisions about who gets what. Stay the hell out of it. Stay the hell out of it. Richard Nixon, 1971. Uh, we have that big clip. I don't think we're going to do that. Well, I do want to hear it one more time because folks, this is a major moment. It's another example of the truth not getting out. Here we have the, um, the, the spokesperson at the White House kind of admitting that it's all a sham. It's all a game. And it's a game that they're losing. Now, she should have been basically <laughs> dismissed or demoted after this. All right, so this is James Rosen, presidential historian, all-around smart guy, White House correspondent, asking a question. Go ahead.
2: I want to ask about...
3: You might regret it, but go ahead.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I assure you, you will not. Um, I want to ask about polling. In February, the president conducted an interview with, I believe it was uh, Telemundo, Uh, and he was asked about the dismal state of his job approval ratings. And he answered in words to this effect, do you know anyone that believes the polling these days? And he talked in some detail about the difficulty of getting people on the phone and compiling accurate polling. Whenever you're asked about the president's dismal job approval ratings, um, you say we're not going to look at polls. We We look at his accomplishments. And yet when you are asked about various domestic policy initiatives, you will say these poll very well. People support what the president wants to do. If you look at the individual subjects on the polling, they support what the president's agenda is. So once and for all, are only certain polls valid in your eyes, the ones that support your agenda? Or is the polling data that shows that President Biden has been stuck for two years at the low 40s in his approval ratings, are those valid?
3: So here's the thing. Um, I think it's important to share that American people do approve of some of the president's initiative. I think it is important. I think it's important to, to, for the American people uh, to hear that when it comes to Medicare and fighting uh, and fighting and, and, and being able to, uh, Medicare, to be able to lower costs for the American people. I think it's important to share that. I think it's important to share that this that when it comes to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, the American people care about that. Oh, it's about to, to get to better. Fight, about that, fight for it, which is what the president. No, it's not. It's not that. It's not that. We are given, anytime I'm asked this question, given an opportunity to speak on what the, what the American people want to hear and what we are doing, right? And so there are moments, just like when you asked me about certain polls, that I can say, hey, you know what, that is something that the American people support. But in more broad terms, in general, we're not focused on every poll. We just are not. It is not important for us that we believe to focus on that. We're going to continue to do the work and work on protecting Medicare and Medicaid and making sure that social that Americans have their Social Security. And I, and I think by saying that Americans support that, that is important for, for us to say that from here, too, because we are actually uh. delivering for the American people. We're actually doing what the American people want us to do. So when I say that, that's what I'm referring to, the work that we're doing, what we want to deliver on, what the American people care about. And it is the economy. It is lowering costs, right? I almost talk oh, about man. The, the shorter is the version is definitely better. It's to continue to lower costs. And I talk about what he has done, whether Hold it's fees, whether it's making sure that uh, people have good-paying jobs by uh, making sure that we've passed these historic legislation uh, that's going to create good union-paying jobs. Sorry. All of those things. All of those things are connected.
2: So Here we go. that show that the electorate at large and also uh, significant majorities within the Democratic Party believe... Uh, that the president is too old. The polls that show the American people and also st- significant majorities within the Democratic Party don't want him to run again. And the polls that show his handling of the economy, foreign policy, all of these dismal polls, his job approval ratings. Um, does the White House have any basis to challenge the accuracy of that polling?
3: I never. We never. Cha- I'm not challenging the accuracy here. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying to you is that. Um, you know, we're not going to change the minds of Americans. I get that. Americans are going to feel how they feel, and we're going to respect that. And I've said that many times from here, uh-huh. many times. I said that moments ago. What I can tell you is what our perspective is. What I can tell you is how we see things. And we believe experience, this president having experience to get things done is important.
1: All right, she so you basically just invalidated her job and everything they're doing on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you had to wait for it. But uh that in Washington on any other day with any other president, with, quite frankly, any other press corps in, in history, this would be the story. But, you know, what happens with the readers of The New York Times, if you make that a story, they get mad. They get mad. How can you how dare you criticize Biden? You should be criticizing Trump. So they're afraid they are afraid. I got to go in a minute. Uh Adam, hello.
4: Hey, buddy, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving coming up. Yep, you too. Go for it. What's up? Uh, you know, I hear you talking about, you know, the George Floyd thing. And um, are you aware that he pled guilty in violating Floyd's civil rights and he was sentenced to 21 years running concurrently? So even if he got every of them state charges dismissed, he still would
0: have to do 21 years in the feds. So,
4: you know. Like a waste of time talking
1: about him. Oh yeah, you think so, huh? Well, why don't you watch that movie, Adam? Because you know you're a victim of fake news. You are a victim of fake news. And I don't think he. You know what? If he did plead guilty, I think he gave up on the case. You know why? He had no money for lawyers. None. Zero. He also had. Uh, he had no. Um, uh, nobody would support him. The, the the union and everything like that. Totally abandoned. But he's an innocent man, and he should not be in jail, Adam. Tell your friends I said that, and do me a favor. Look at The Fall of Minneapolis, thefallofminneapolis.com. Please, thefallofminneapolis.com, and watch the story. Let's talk next week. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, Barbara.
4: Hi, Greg. As, As if we don't have enough going on now. In New York State, Governor Kathy Hochul is rejoicing, I'm sure, because the regulations that she put out in 2022, which were ruled uh, against by a, a judge, now have passed the appellate court so that this has to do with the quarantine rule. The quarantine rule, meaning that New York State can decide for what conditions people should be quarantined. It could be COVID, it could be an impacted wisdom tooth, it can be anything. They can come, they can decide that you are a threat to other people, and therefore they can quarantine you. There's no age restriction. It can be a baby, it can be an adult, it can be a senior citizen can happen at any time, there's no due process for you, there's no time limit set, and you'll be forced to take whatever drugs they want you to take, even if it's an experimental drug. And also, you're not allowed to take a test that would say, oh, she doesn't have COVID, he doesn't have COVID. They don't have to pay any attention to these tests. So this is rule 2.13, and two days ago, Letitia James was successful in appealing it. So now this is looking to go into into effect. There's one more appeal.
1: Rule 2.13? Rule
4: Rule 2.13, New York State.
1: All right, I got my homework. Thank you. And I apologize, Carmine, Nate, Frankie, and the rest, to be continued. I'll be in touch. Happy Thanksgiving. Safe travels. To be continued.